Okay, so we're back for alumni yeah, lab meeting 15 Woo-hoo. with special guests today. So there's myself, Ellery, Anne's here, and special guest, Kirsty Milner. Emphasising the special. <laughs> special guest, <laughs> who is another PhD candidate here at UTS and is a plant ecologist. Um, so today we're going to talk about, obviously, Kirsty's little journey to science, what she does here. But firstly, how did you get here and, or well, not how did you get here, what's your journey like in a pop culture sense? What's your uh, analogy? Okay. I picked the gremlins. Ooh. The gremlins. <laughs> this is for my PhD candidature because yeah. you, you get your little gizmo. At the start of your, your PhD. little mogwai, and you treat your PhD like mogwai, like you've got all the best intentions about feeding it at the right time and not getting it wet. This is such a and good then, lesson. <laughs> as you go on, you give it all gets a bit ruly, unruly, and you um, probably don't feed it at the right time. No. It gets wet. You have some more mogwais, and that gets a bit more out of hand, and then they start eating. Each other? or No, okay. after midnight and turn into gremlins. Oh, yeah. okay. So now you're trying to juggle gremlins and then not the sophisticated one that is able to talk like green gremlins too. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lead gremlins. <laughs> Gremlin They're one. They're definitely the most destructive one. And then I think in the end you end up dying in the chimney. Like your father when he called out. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, they killed him. I forgot about how dark that it's movie was. It's so horrific, that movie. I love it. Yeah. How oh, close God, are you to the chimney? <laughs> the scene. Oh, hopefully very far away from it. Um, yeah, no far away from the chimney. I just like to make reference to that because everyone forgets. So chronologically, mm. you're pretty Where close to finishing, aren't you? Yes. Countdown's so, on. Third year plus a bit, or oh, third? so yesterday was my three years is up. Three years is up. <laughs> yesterday. Wow. Yeah. How do you feel? Um, terrified. No, not <laughs> it was great. Um, bumping into Peter in the hallway. Oh, he made you feel so much better about yourself. No, no, not at all. <laughs> we were joking about how our cohort is now. If we ask each other how we are, we kind of just twitch at one another. <laughs> And based on the size of the twitches, you can tell how stressed someone is. We mm. don't actually answer the question. We just make noises. Well, Peter's, Peter's, a big, Peter's a big boy. He must have a big twitch at the moment too, I think. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's um, that. yeah, it's quite funny. It's nice going through it with other people. Yeah, of Just course. understand with the sound how you feel and well, that thing. Yeah, that's why I've got Anne, because we start at the same time. So we yeah, made a bit right. of a pact earlier. It's like, we're doing this. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So what is your P- or what has your PhD been on? Tell um, me tell us what you do. Okay. So it's plant ecology or physiology because I'm quite interested in how photosynthesis works in desert plants. 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 Um during heat stress. And so there are a few things I look at um the Australian desert is quite interesting compared to other deserts around the world because it's 
the soil is very nutrient poor. Uh-huh. The rainfall is more erratic than elsewhere. Um, and the plants hold on to their leaves year round. So in other deserts, like in the... Oh, no, I've forgotten the name of it. The really horrible one in the US. Atacama? No, I don't know. <laughs> That's in Chile. <laughs> I have no idea. Death Valley. That's right, right, horrible right. Because it sounds Because it's called Death Valley. Um, those plants avoid the heat by being deciduous, but in Australia, oh, okay. due to the nutrient-poor soils... You can't afford to drop yeah, leaves. you can't afford to drop you leaves. Because you need to continue photosynthesis. Yeah, you, well, yeah, and you just don't have the resources to build to new leaves. To create one Yeah. So, that, I'm interested in getting at the cost of thermal tolerance, because we know the that... The cost on the plant. Yeah. yeah. We know that plants can adjust their thermal tolerances upwards from winter to summer. Uh-huh. Um, and so I'm interested in looking at how they do that and the cost of doing that. Mm. So what have you found so far? Um, Are you not going to say that? it? <laughs> <laughs> no, not at all. Um, it's like the one that I've chapter I've looked at a lot where I compared two um, tomato, wild tomato species uh-huh. from differing microhabitats. Um, they have quite similar thermal tolerances, despite the fact that someone else in my lab found that typically those from a drier microhabitat have a higher thermal tolerance. Oh, okay. I didn't find that with the two species I looked at, mm. um, but the one from the moister. I'm going to use moist because it's <laughs> a creepy word. It's the worst word. Um, yeah, it has a similar thermal tolerance but produces more heat shock proteins to... It must be more stressed and producing more of these stress proteins so that there's going to be implications on the plant downstream if it's stressed out and producing a lot of these proteins that are going to use resources. So if yeah. And then whether it can go on to reproduce after that. Is so generally with plants, though, when they're under stress, they go into a reproductive kind of well, they advancement. Not advancement. Oh. I phrased that wrong. Like, yeah, they can. Particularly with things like if, if you're under stress, you will go, "Holy crap! I'm going to yeah. die!" So therefore, I'll produce so fruit I'm to reproduce quicker. Is that the case? So perennials certainly do so. Annuals will often oh, okay. wait out a season or, you know, if they're... Because they only reproduce once, so yeah. to speak. Mm. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, they reproduce... Yeah, perennials only reproduce once, so they'll try mm. and jam it in however they can fit it in. Whereas annuals have the benefit of being able to kind of wait out the bad times. Yeah, okay, cool. There you go. Yes. Yeah. So complicated. No. With higher plants. I just yeah. work so, with yeah. measly algae. Are you, yeah, are you working, I imagine they're C3 plants mostly because yeah, yeah, you're not working yeah, with desert cam. No, no, I don't. Do we even have cam here? I'm a bit I, terrible. Like, I don't know. Um, Got no idea. Some, can you explain the C3 difference between C3 and C4 and cam yeah. plants? So C3 and C4 refers to the number of the number of carbons in the sugar chain that they start with when they start the Calvin cycle, where they okay. start jamming CO2 onto the carbon chain Yep. to make a six carbon. Like, the idea is to go through one Calvin cycle and produce a six carbon sugar. Yeah. So C3 start with three, 
see four start with four. I hope I'm getting this right. That's but right. Also, we don't know. We're always, so I'm always wrong about stuff. the most scientific conversation we've had here, um, yeah, <laughs> which so is great. The other benefit of C4 and why you find them in hotter climates, like there are many more in the tropics and the like, mm. is that they actually also, not only do they start with four carbons, but they actually... Um, concentrate carbon dioxide before it moves into the um, Calvin cycle oh. um, and that's a water saving mechanism because of course um, leaves have to regulate the amount of CO2 coming into the leaf for carbon fixation yeah. with the amount of water loss yeah. leaving the leaf so they have a, a so they, area to store CO2 yeah. And then they have higher water use efficiency. And then I can't tell you anything about can plants. Can you give us examples? C3 is most grasses and trees, isn't it? No, C3 is trees. Yeah, most plants. And then C4 is mostly grasses, like maize is the most most famous one. And cam is like cactuses, isn't it? Yeah. I don't exactly know how they work. Yeah, I think I'm going to sound really ignorant now because I... That's all right. We've gone to we've encompassed a large breadth of knowledge. So so that's yeah. why it's kind of physiology as well as ecology because it's getting into that how that stuff works. Because we are kind of we're quite interested in water use efficiency. Not that I've measured that, but I mean like I'm looking at photosynthesis through chlorophyll fluorescence. Mm-hmm. And you'd be familiar with that. Yeah, we do a lot of. Um, Fluorescence work with yeah. algae. Mm-hmm. So yeah. with your skills as a plant ecologist, are mm-hmm. you much of a gardener? No, I'm not actually. And I think that's mostly because I live in a rental property. Oh, okay. And I've had dogs. Which eat all your little plants. Yeah, they dig them up. We tried once to have a veggie patch. Oh, also, living in the inner west, you're just eating lead anyway. So Yeah. Anything <laughs> in the soil that you want to eat anyway. Yeah, because I've gotten right back into plants. Because if yeah. I wasn't doing kind of freshwater stuff, I'd certainly be doing plants yeah, or cool. an agronomy sort of st- yeah. thing. So I've gotten right back into reading yeah. up on plants and stuff because I'm growing mm-hmm. little veggie gardens. It's oh, going yeah. shockingly, but it's yeah, we go through phases, spasms of doing stuff. Yeah, but then it's hard as well because our backyard is is on a slope, so all the soil mm. washing away. And it's very shaded by all the trees in the area. Mm. Means we get possums, but there's nothing that will grow underneath. Mm. Yeah. So, as we were saying a little earlier, before we started, you've had a bit more of an interesting path towards where you are doing yeah. a PhD now. Um, tell us a little bit about that. You're a little bit older than me and Anne. I've gone Just high school, uni... Me honours PhD without a break and done a little bit of other stuff in between. Tell us about Mm -hmm. your little journey to here. All right. How Um, did you get into science and all that? Science always, biology always made sense to me. It was, it's dark and it was the easiest to learn from primary school and high school and things. Um, So I always wanted to do biology, probably just from being outside and yeah, so I always knew I wanted to do it with, this is where it gets really dumb. Mm. I, was probably, I was mostly stoned during my HSC, so I didn't <laughs> do so well. 
Fair enough, I can but understand. I ended up going to Wollongong Uni for a while, two and a half years, but I am doing like environmental science yeah. stuff, but I didn't finish because I was too distracted with the rest of the world. Mm, and as you do. so, um, from between Wollongong and UTS, I just did various admin shoot kicker jobs. Oh, right. So you did some of your subjects at Wollongong and then finished yeah. here well, years no, later? I, or? Yeah, I didn't transfer any of them over because they'd been such a long time. Oh, okay. And, like, despite the fact of loving it, I hated proving that I knew stuff. Oh, okay. So, like, I go to all the lectures and do research to do my assignments, but I'd never write anything down. Oh, right. <laughs> so I didn't want that to transfer to my... Mm. Oh, right, so you just said, let's let's start fresh. Plus, you can hardly transfer any subjects anyway. Yeah. Like, it's not... Very bureaucratic. It's just, like, maybe two, which can be okay, but... Oh, no, I also did some teeth in there as well. Multifaceted. So you've gone through a couple of different learning paths. Were you doing bush regen or something at Uh, some point? That strikes me as something you would have had a dabble at. No, not at all. No. What have you done in the spaces between them? Um, I worked at a patent and trademark attorney's office. I did that too. <laughs> what? Patents in Singapore. Oh, wow. do. There you go. What was the name of the one? Mine was called Davies Collison Cave. Oh, okay. oh, yeah, I worked there during my undergrad degree yeah, for yeah. like three years, but doing very similar stuff, just yeah. shit kicker, yeah. moving paper yeah. around for people. Yeah. Mm. Sounds about right. And then. My longer-term job was doing media monitoring at the Australian Associated Press. I think I've talked to you about that. That was interesting, reading papers cover to cover and... All the time? Yep. What what sort of stuff are you monitoring there? Um, We have different private companies, government agencies and people, like Mm. the lovely Alan Jones. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you had to monitor Alan? (laughs) No, so... Like, all of those people would want to know when the competitors were mentioned, when issues that they were interested were mentioned, when they were mentioned oh, in the press. Okay. The idea being that anything in the media is a reflection of what the people think, because everything the Telegraph says is exactly what I'm thinking. Oh, I know. I don't know about you guys. Of course. But, yeah. So, yeah, 100%. we'd send off the newspaper articles to the people who wanted to hear about themselves. There you go. That's a very, very different yeah. thing. I and then we moved into broadcast monitoring, so television and radio. So then I had to listen to Alan James. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, not yeah. a fan. There you go. Yeah. Um, do you want me to give you advice? <clears throat> yeah, that would be excellent. Yeah, what's your... If little ever, hints of advice. <laughs> yeah, if Martha ever, gave us some advice. Oh, that's cool. He was close to the I end. I was going to say, if you huh? ever want to work with plants, don't pick species with prickles or hairs on them because oh. they're horrible. We just don't need to know how they work. No, it doesn't matter. Ah. <laughs> um, no, but more seriously, I chose this PhD because I wanted to do some molecular work. I haven't done any of that. I've always been whole organism ecologist. 
Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to do some proteomics and the like, protein cool. stuff. And you're starting to do that now? Yeah. Um, but I don't feel I've had the support that I needed, especially mm. because I'm super new to it. So if you do want to learn stuff, just make sure you're in a group that has postdocs or someone who can do a little bit of hand-holding. Yeah, and devote a bit of time in a sense. Yeah. Did you... Well, what, what sparked that I want to get into a, a proteomics level? What's um, proteomics? It's the study of proteins? Yeah. Right. The whole, like you have the genome where you study the whole of the genetic code, proteomics, the study of the whole. Because I see the little photos with the little proteins turning on and off. Are they assays? I don't, I don't know. Wow. Oh. Turning on and off? The one in your notebooks. Oh, they're... Is so it gene expression? Bl- no, that's... Um, I have no idea what they are. Yeah, so that method is Western blotting. So you extract the protein and run it on a gel to separate the proteins out by size. And so you can see those bands, but you don't know what they are. So you transfer it to a membrane and then you probe for specific proteins with antibodies that are raised specifically against the proteins you're interested in. Wow. Okay. So, so yeah, this is the level yeah. of proteomics I'm aware of and stuff like that. I have yeah. no idea what so Western blood is. So that's fairly <laughs> limited because you only pick however many proteins, say two or three or whatever, a priori. Meaning? Yeah. Before you start, before you, so start, you, you decide you, on something. You just go, oh, well, I'm interested in stress. I'm going to look at the heat yeah, shock okay. proteins are the group of proteins that help. You've identified specifically already. That yeah, can be good in some not, ways. But there's like so many things going on in a cell, obviously, to protect it from heat stress is the one I'm interested mm. in. So it's a, it's very limited. Do you think way. they found all the heat protein, like proteins related to heat I shock and stuff so. like that? I think it's really well resolved and mm. but plants are crazy because they stay in the one place. They can't regulate by moving away from yeah. the stress. They actually have super high diversity in heat shock proteins and especially small mm. heat shock proteins compared to all other organisms because we all have them. Yeah, because like a way I've done proteomics in the past is you extract your proteins, but then you just analyze the whole yeah, sample. Yeah. And then maybe you might find novel proteins, yeah, which would be super yeah, cool. But yeah. then it's like you're left with like so much information. Yeah. And it's just like, what do I do with all this uh-huh. information? It takes forever to mine I through know, it. And I find like I am doing that for one of my chapters, um, doing the whole proteome. And it, yeah, it's pretty overwhelming. And then we've just decided on this really arbitrary number for what's a significant change in protein. So if you're comparing oh, yeah. a control to a treatment, a 2.5-fold change is something that you should look at. You should go and look at those proteins. But How was that benchmark yeah, set? No, or yeah. So don't you just, just don't, aren't that? you doing statistical tests on anywhere to give you significance? Yeah, but you kind of... You, you know, can't do that? Yeah, you do, but they also yeah. just go, what's changed by 2.5? Uh, okay. Up or down and... Yeah. Okay. Hmm. How did you go about it? Yeah, no, I think I um I would set some kind of threshold yeah. as well, but then I had 
I could also see whether it was significantly different yeah, by nice. just doing some kind of like comparative t test yeah. or something. Yeah. Nice. So, so, and yeah, there was plenty, I, but like I had all the proteins. Yeah. So, you know, so I had I think heaps I'm to going choose to from. I limit myself as well, too. Yeah. Because I measured photosynthesis. I want to stick to those proteins like PS2, PS1, Rubisco type things, yeah. and then look at the stress proteins as well and see yeah. how they but you're very right. Like, it's all arbitrary. Yeah. You know, we do all this bacteria like community OTU stuff. stuff. Exactly. So we do all this, weird, like, bacteria stuff looking at communities. And then we also do a lot of... Um, we want to find core genes. A lot of people in my group do that, where there's, like, one gene for everything. But then you can set that yourself. So it's, like, does it... that We decide, like, oh, it has to be, like, this much percent in all of them and it's not even like always in all of them it's mm -hmm. just like there's a percentage of this one in like certain things yeah. and it's just like how do you decide on that mm. and everybody around the world decides on different values yeah, wow. so that's like how do you compare that yes so yeah i guess as long as you can justify it i suppose that's for your own true. work then yeah and that has to be i think we just have to remember to go back to it being biologically relevant like it's no point getting all these p-values if you're not really convinced that means stuff. Mm. 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 I understand <laughs> none of that. <laughs> I have no idea when it comes to yeah. sequencing or anything yeah. in No, I don't either, but, like, no, here's but the, just... the simple reason I wanted to get into Well, and that's why on. I've been And it's more so genetics around. for me because, like, I think in the end I want to go into conservation work. Yeah. And cool. so, say you have two groups of uh, two areas where there's a plant species and it needs to be protected, but you have to choose which one stays and which one goes. Mm. You can't just look at them and decide. You need to look at the genes and which one is more genetically diverse yeah. to decide which one. Like, which one's but I don't have so any of that skill set. To do that kind of stuff, and that's why I wanted to do learn some molecular techniques. That was a very long answer. No, it's all right. It's a very <laughs> long answer to questions you started yourself. Um, yeah. So what other advice do you have in a more general sense? Um, what are, What are the traps for young players? The traps. Um, it's all the whole I thing think is a trap. If you have it's a trap. time. <laughs> You should do go and do a research assistant position to see how projects are run, mm. see how people mm. manage their data. I am a very disorganised person and it would be nice, like it would have been nice in hindsight to see how people store their data, share their data if it's a big project that multiple people are working on. Because when you're writing your data sheets for yourself, you're like, I'll remember what that column heading is. But if you're sharing it amongst a bunch of people, you have to be really clear. Really well, wait, yeah. just quickly. Did you see the meeting that was happening yesterday no. in the tea room? Oh, yes. And they had, like, all this catering and stuff. And it was, like, everybody, like, all of, like, the algal, harmful algal people. And then, like, Justin and Tom Jeffries came and other people. And it was, like, a meeting, like, the big group that they did in Sydney Harbour. But the paper was meant to be published, like, four years ago. <laughs> so they had this meeting all together. To, wow. Yeah. I've just sort through all their data and stuff. Mm. Um, and to do something. So, yeah, like, learning how to... To collaborate more yeah. effectively. Yeah. So With we'll groups. take a break during it and yeah, go and work somewhere. Yeah, do a research assistant. Have you mm -hmm. done that? No, I haven't. But you I wish you had. I wish I had. Oh, okay, cool. I, um, 
Alessia, who is also in my group, did that between honours and starting her PhD. And oh, yeah. She's just that organisation and understanding how projects work and carefully planning. I think she's more of that type of person as well. Mm. Yeah, there, there's also personal but, um, traits. Yeah, I think she's benefited greatly from seeing that. I certainly see the difference in people who come back to postgraduate, uh, not postgraduate, graduate work, who have had further experience in stuff outside. Yeah. Like, I, I've never had a real job. I'm very aware of that, but I lack yeah. complete discipline. What do you mean? What do you mean by real job? I've never had a nine-to-five job that's lasted more than three months. Oh, okay, me neither. No, and if I have, I've been mowing lawns or... <laughs> Like stuff yeah, like that. That's a real job. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's seven till three. Like that's, you're in the pub by three thirty. That's still decent. Uh, my like hours. media monitoring job was five a.m. till two right. p.m. or something. But yeah, you see the people who have had nine five jobs who are used to you know longer hours of work and well managed projects, and they just have a different level of discipline about them when the way they yeah. approach stuff. But it, it may come down to a personal. But is that just as age well. as well? Uh, no, no, I haven't got it yet. <laughs> I'm still waiting to add all. Yeah, true. No, I'm not. I don't want to, but it doesn't adult. just come with age. Mm. You don't just absorb it. <laughs> Finally, things grew into you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I know what I'm doing. In it's just diffusion. Amazing. <laughs> mm. yeah. Like that's All something right. that's come through with something to work on. We've just been sent an email in our group, and it's like you need to have project and time management software. I was like, what? What is project? What's time management software? I don't know. What, I haven't. I've just that? read the email. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know I've that was just a read thing. the email. Where yeah. is it? Is it like? Isn't that just a calendar or a diary? <laughs> I think it is, but I think it's also accessible by my supervisor so that when I go home early and I write in left at four o'clock. No, so you no can't you can't enforce stuff that like that. Much. There's no way. People are just gonna sit around and do nothing until four thirty. I don't think yeah. it's accessible by him. But yeah, and that's my point is I talked to one of my mates and he's working in statistics at Fox Sport and he's like, I didn't do anything today. But I had to be there because my boss pays me to be there. I'm like, mm. I, if I have days like that, I go home. Yeah, yeah. you just Which go is home. a really nice freedom because I think it's a waste of time sitting here and pretending you're working mm-hmm. when I can go home and clean the cupboards or read a book or something. Like, what, whatever I may be doing, yeah. I'd rather have that time than pretending that I'm working. Yeah. I, I hate pretending I'm working. It sucks. But yeah, sometimes you do get inspired and you're already at home and you're like, oh, well, whoops. <laughs> Oops, missed opportunity there. Okay. Um, it's time we got to using project management software, which is good. I think it will actually help me because I need planning. I have a diary this yeah, year but, and yeah. I'm on fire but lately. I, like, you have to do for your stage one assessment, do the timeline. Timeline. <laughs> And Forget it. I feel like to me it's just putting coloured boxes on the next oh, one. It's really fun. I never look at again. I think the engagement with that is absolutely useless. But I think that's something with the idea of what's going on here, but for individual projects yep. and stages within projects. So instead yep. of an overall, here's my chart for three years. Yep. It's, okay, here's maybe my chart it's, uh, for this project, this project, this yes. project, and this project. And overall, here's my chart here. 
I, I don't know what type of... I think it's a Gantt chart. Yeah, is that what it's called? What's a Gantt chart? I think that's the one. It's the one they use the in one project you management. So, you know, you have to do this task before that one can start and this um, task yeah. will run for so long. Hmm. And then this bit can overlap because we are... I'm not yeah. super experienced in project management. No. And that, that's the thing I've been saying to a couple of people. They're like, so what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I have a project to finish in three years. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how to manage that. Mm. The last three-year project I undertook was an undergraduate degree, and it took me four and a half years. I mean, yeah. great results, but it took me a while. So Yeah, time management is definitely a thing. Logistics. In the sense of... If you're doing field work. Oh, yeah. It's a massive thing. If you do as much stuff as you can before you go into the field to make it as easy for yourself yep. when you're out there because you're going to be sleeping poorly, working crazy hours, and you just need sheets that tell you what you need to do and when. And, and checklists you need to be. and checklists, pre-labeled yeah, bottles. Absolutely. That's how I do my field trips, yeah, an extra yeah, tape. so good. And then and you know if bottles. you missed a sampling point or a... Yeah. yeah, I have so many checklists yeah, and great. I messed Very them all good. up last field trip and I had my brother as a volunteer and he's like, it's like, so what could I do better here? And he's like, because he's also doing similar stuff at an undergrad level. So it was a learning experience. He's like, you could probably have more checklists. So I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then I slid him across and I had four different checklists. He's like, oh, so why weren't you using them? I was like, forgot the checklist that said use checklists. <laughs> like, there's always another checklist. Yeah. Um, don't work with liquid nitrogen in remote areas. Mm. It's not fun to work in. And what happened to you there? <laughs> oh, just getting samples back from Port Augusta to Sydney is not a fun experience because it seems everyone who works in transport is dangerous goods informed and not dangerous goods trained so they freak out at the sight of anything strange even though you know it's okay to fly on the plane oh uh, okay yeah I, I've kind of heard that about even biological samples and yeah. stuff like if you, if you wrap something in a vial they're like oh even coral samples Yeah. when we try to take coral back from Heron Island yeah, all the time like you can just take it on the plane but yeah. then someone is always yeah. like, oh, but wait, blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, yeah. My, I will often leave my little bacteria vial box in the fridge at the hotel we'll stay in. I'll be like, hi, it's me. Can you go in? There's a little box that says bacteria. Now, before you flip out, it's not going to kill you. Just don't drink whatever is inside <laughs> it, which you weren't going to do anyway. Yeah. And I'll hang up. And then three minutes later, I'll get a call saying, is it okay to pick up without gloves? I'm like, yes, it's fine. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. People, yeah, so it must be worse on transport with that and people freaking out when you yes. do have the big silver canister the, as well. Do I, I mean, sorry, the dry ship, but yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And batteries for equipment. Yeah, fully oh, yeah. charged stuff. Have fights with airport oh, yeah. people about that. You're not allowed to bring Great. batteries on anymore, are what? you? No, you are. So you can oh, have, you are? You can have... Batteries inside your devices in checked on, uh, yep. checked in baggage, and you can carry your spare batteries as carry on. Mm. Away from your devices. Yeah, and the plugs must be taped over so they can't spark or. Yeah. What size batteries? They, like see, this is the thing. These batteries that I had for a, one of my pieces of equipment. 
were huge, like maybe nearly 30 centimetres long. Wow. I don't know. I've not seen like, they're not dangerous as batteries. They have a fuse in them themselves. Like, they're so safe. But the most dangerous thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was about to. And I had some issues with it. <sighs> yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, well, know. how do you dispose of those massive batteries? Um, I don't know. We haven't had to. Oh, because they're rechargeable. They last forever. Ah, so, oh, yeah. rechargeable. Yeah. They're great. Mmm, fancy. Well, they, yeah. Cool. Do you mm, feel you've like acquitted yourself well today? You haven't been too nervous. You've stopped shaking. Yeah. You I were shaking at the start. It was so funny. <laughs> yeah, I hate it. I don't. Yeah. Fine, we could just cover the microphone and you wouldn't even know. It would be just like a normal conversation. Yeah. Um, you forget it. Do you feel there. you have anything more you need to say at any point? Um, do you want to talk about anything else? Do you want to talk about no. your eccentric dress? What, what, um, <laughs> your amazing dinosaur jumper. That's oh, my favourite. Yeah. What inspirations are you taking? Who's inspired this? What, my clothing? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, I don't know. I think growing up in the 90s in, in the West. <laughs> the rough <laughs> streets of Newtown, Annandale. Newtown did it to me. Yeah, well, I you don't want to dress all know. plain Jane in Newtown. Probably my mother, too. It's all her fault. She's fine and cool. Fair play. I feel. Right, well, yeah, you've met her. I have. Cool. It was cool. Well, it was pretty funny. At we went to the pub that she got denied from. <laughs> 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 No, Kirsty's mum. I don't get. I once got denied from pontoon. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) the worst, right? That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Well, it was Fourth of July, and they would not let me in. We had our conference, and we went to pontoon. No. And I saw some very big heads of freshwater ecology get denied at pontoon. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Yeah, they're really strict. And I was like, I'm cool. And then we we planned to jump over the fence, but there was security everywhere. There you go. Well, should we all go home, team? You've been dying to go home all day. You're going to weigh leaves. Mm -hmm. I'm going to potentially weigh some filters. (laughs) Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, Oh, well. Cool. Well, thank Thanks, you for coming Kirstie. down. Thank you. Do you feel this okay? Was, was that fun-ish it at all? Was fun-ish. Would you come back when you're finished? Sure. Yes. As, as when you have to Dr. Call Milner. Dr. Kirsty. Dr. Yes. Kirsty Milner. Uh, that would be great. And we'll put this up and we'll let you know and yeah. you can... I'm not, I don't do the social media. No, but you, I know you listen to podcasts. That's true. So we'll, we'll find a spot for you somewhere. Mm-hmm. We'll get on to you. And um, we'll see how it goes. Number 15. 15. Yeah. We're rattling through. Next week, it's we're going to see if we can get to Nansen. feels like we've been going for a while. I think to Nansen will be good yeah. fun. Um, so, and she was, she asked, did she ask you or did she ask me? She asked you. Yeah, she asked me. She's like, can I come on? I was like, you're right. That's, <laughs> that's, that's enthusiasm. Yeah, she has good stories. Yeah, she must I think like we're going to do a good job. I like about the end of, but I'll leave it up. The end of what? 
PhD, doing a PhD is like a marathon is her fun, but she, cool. she can explain She can explain it. it. Oh, that sounds like awesome. It. Yeah. All cool. righty. Well, Great. let's kill it there. Thanks for coming.